Pauline, Pauline, come here. Come here. Let's give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare to uh, worship our God this morning, I'm going to ask that whoever's working the sound, if you could, make sure I get right this morning. Amen. As we prepare to uh, worship this morning, we want to welcome all of those who are watching us online. If you're on Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, or engaging in our live chat room on our website, welcome to St. Paul Online. Uh, digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So real quick, we want to invite you to share this experience with others. So if you're watching us on Facebook, share on your personal timeline. You can tag those who you want to invite within the post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and then text the link of this worship experience to your network. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click on the invite button in your chat window to share this experience with others. Also, do us a favor, wherever you're watching us, if you are on your social media, do me a favor, if you would, just put the location of where you're watching us from. We want to know where everybody is checking us out. Amen. Amen. Minister Ben Pate is going to come. He's going to lead us as far as our worship experience is concerned. And let's get a sense and let's give God the praise that God so richly and rightfully deserves. Come on, put those blessed hands together. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continuously be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continuously be in my mouth. Who has a praise in their mouth this morning, ready to give the God that richly and rightly he deserves? God, the God that woke you up this morning. It wasn't the alarm clock. It was God. His grace and his mercy is will endure forever. Now, as you're standing on your feet and you're ready to praise our wonderful and marvelous God this morning, join us us as we worship through our congregational hymn.
scripture reading this morning will be found in the book of Acts, the 15th chapter, verses 15 through 18. And I will be reading from the New King James Version. Acts chapter 15, verses 15 through 18. And it reads... And with this, the word of the prophets agreed, just as it is written. After this, I will return and rebuild the tabernacle of David, which he has fallen down. I will, re I will rebuild the ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord even all the generations who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. Know to God from eternity and all his works. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those from among the, gener the Gentiles who are turning to God. But that we writers and then the absent from things pollen by idols for sexual immorality, for sexual immorality from things strangled and from blood. For Moses has had throughout many generations those who preach him in every city being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. The word of God for the people of God. Blessed be the name of God. Let us pray. 
precious and most holy God. You are so great and so merciful. You are so masterful in all that you do. God, we thank you because you love us so carefully and you hold us so gently that we know that you take care of us. God, forgive us for times when we miss the mark and we just don't get it right. But it's your grace and mercy that carry us through every situation. God, we honor you today and we give you praise this morning because God, you are a God of peace, love, and awesome mercy. So God, as we worship you today, we lift our hearts to you. We open our minds to you. We lift our hands to you. We open our mouths to you to give you what you deserve. Have your way in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Oh Lord, oh Lord, we praise you. 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 Oh Lord, oh
Oh, I think we could do a whole lot better than that. I need some folks who really love the Lord that don't mind giving God the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. Now, if that was for me, that's one thing. But I'm talking about the God that woke you up this morning and started you on your way and gave you health, life, and strength. That God deserves the praise. Let me try that one more time. That God, that God deserves the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you to our singing ensemble for blessing us as far as the gift of song is concerned. We greatly appreciate you. Is that Alma Adams? That's not Alma Adams, is it? No, you look like she got a big hat on. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask if you would turn your attention to the screen as far as um, uh, an announcement is concerned, and then I'll come back with my observations. God is much more than a religious expression. It, it's a relationship. That even though I'm going to, yay, though I walk through, through the valley. Yeah, I, 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 no, no, notice I'm, I'm walking through it. I ain't, I ain't moved in no furniture in the valley. Yeah, I ain't moved into the valley. I'm passing through it. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I'm not by myself. The Lord is with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Why is that? Because the Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not want. know another tree just like that one. This tree was on a hill far away and on it stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for the world of lost sinners was slain. So I'm going to cherish that old rugged cross till my trophies at last I so when I come out, see, come forth has to do with shining. He said, when I come forth, I'm going to be shining in a way that I've never shown before. Because what I've been through has not been wasted. That when I come out of this, i got to come out of this different than how I went in. Every church ought to come out of this pandemic different than it went in. Every ministry ought to come out different than it went in. Families ought to come out different than we went in. Individuals, you ought to come out, brothers, sisters, no way to go through all of this and waste it. That I'm looking to come out in a different way. I shall come forth. On Sunday, August 28th, we will have our annual homecoming worship service. And I want to welcome back to St. Paul, my dear friend and brother, the Reverend Dr. Freddie James Clark, the senior pastor of the Shalom Church City of Peace in Florissant, Missouri. We're asking those who can to join us in a homecoming assessment of $100. And guess what, you all? Got a major surprise for you. Our hymn choir is going to sing on that Sunday. So we want to invite you to come, bring family and friends, and we're going to have a wonderful time. Then starting on that Monday through Wednesday, August 29th, 30th, and 31st, we will have our church revival. And our guest preachers will be some of the most gifted preachers in this country, the Reverend Dr. William 
H. Curtis, Senior Pastor of the Mount Ararat Baptist Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and the Reverend Dr. Jerry Carter, Jr., the Senior Pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church in Morristown, New Jersey. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. We're looking forward to a wonderful time as far as our homecoming and revival are concerned. And I'm looking forward to having some of God's most gifted preachers to share with us. Um, we want to welcome each and every one of you who are joining us as far as online and in person. We thank God for your presence in the house. And I just want to thank uh, Reverend Brenda Richardson for standing in my stead on last week and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ here. Amen. Amen. As we move forward, um, I was told that um, uh, Representative Alma Adams might be joining us, but I don't see her in the place because if she were here, I would love for her to come and just bring greetings on behalf of our Congress, uh, as well as share uh, some of the things and initiatives that she has done uh, to make um, Charlotte uh, a better place to live. And so if she happens to come in, uh, please let me know. I just want to let you all know that on, um, let me see, get these announcements right. On next Saturday, next Saturday, we're going to have a... Um, opportunity for you all to bring school supplies for our children as well as to uh, come and pick up your books for Sunday morning live for the next quarter so we invite you to come and share also just want to mention that on Saturday August the 27th from 11 to 2 p.m. we're uh, wanting to invite our children and youth for a St. Paul summer jam this is not for grown folks uh, drop your kids off, amen, so they can have a good time. We ain't trying to feed y'all. This is for the kids. Is this mic on? Because I'm finding out a whole lot of folks trying to sign up. Y'all think y'all going to get hamburgers and hot dogs. No, this is for the kids. This is for the kids. This is for the kids. We're going to be distributing school supplies uh, to those that need them. And so, children, we invite you to share with your friends and neighbors, have them to come as well. Registration is required, and COVID protocols will be observed. Um, so disciples, you can make plans to bring your donations to the Ray of Hope on Saturday, August 20th, between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., and volunteers are needed. And so you can see Minister Joshua Jordan. I'm going to ask Joshua if you would. Would you please stand? Uh, you can see Minister Joshua Jordan or Reverend James Burney. Uh, see one of those two as far as you, if you want to help out. Amen? Amen. Amen. Just want to stress that as as well. As we move forward, uh, just also want to let you all know that um, next Sunday, next Sunday, we're going to be shifting our seating protocol so that we can get more people as far as into the sanctuary. So we're going to be the rows that are empty right now. We're going to start filling those rows in. So we will be removing the green tabs. However, we're going to ask that you will continue to wear your mask and practice distancing. Uh, continue to wear your mask and practice distancing. Let me say that again. Continue to wear your mask and practice distancing. 
uh, but we're going to free up all the other roles. And so the way that we'll be doing the offering is the way that we were doing it prior to COVID. We will be passing baskets down as far as that's concerned. And so I want to let the ushers know that um, next week, make sure that the baskets are in their proper place so that if need be, we can pass that down so that our account team can receive them and collect them. Amen. We want to strongly encourage you, though. Please, ma'am, please, sir. Uh, if you're not vaccinated and if you're not boosted, get vaccinated, get boosted. It will definitely help to deter the impact that COVID has on you if you contract it. And I just want to state that uh, just in Mecklenburg County, uh, the numbers are near 30 percent. Let me say it again. The numbers are near 30 percent of persons who are letting us know that they have COVID. 30 percent. Y'all know how to count, don't you? That, that means that um, three out of 10 people that you come in contact with may have COVID. All right. Let me just say that again. Now, y'all looking at me all crazy. You go everywhere else. You can come to church, all right? But we're going to do whatever we can to make sure you're safe and secure. That's why we want you to continue to wear your mask. We want you to practice social distancing. We want you to get vaccinated and boosted. Amen? Amen. And if they come out with a third booster, I'm going to get that as well. All right, once you get vaccinated and boosted. Let me just share one more thing uh, before we get ready to transition into prayer. Um, we have... Students that are going back to school next Sunday, I want to have prayer for all of those that are working uh, in the school systems, be it private or public. I want to have prayer for them particularly, as well as our children who are going back to school. We want to lift them up next Sunday uh, during the prayer time. And so uh, make sure that our children are in the house so we can lift them up and cover them and flank them with prayer. Because God knows in today's time and culture, our children, our staff, our teachers, our administrators, principals, they all need prayer. Amen. Amen. They all need prayer. So we're going to be flanking them with our prayers. As we prepare to go to the Lord in, in prayer... Uh, there are several prayer concerns I want to um, share with you, particularly we want to lift up the family of Brother uh, Vernell Stevenson, the son of disciple uh, Leela Stevenson. Uh, those services for him will be on Saturday, August 20th, at Alexander Funeral Home Quiet Hour at 11. Services will be at noon. We also want to lift up the family of Sister Ira Bell Ray. Uh, the mother of disciple Martha Ray, the family of brother Donnie Nelson, brother of disciple Virginia Thomas. We continue to lift up uh, the family of sister Ethel Mae Baldwin, the mother of disciple uh, Elson Baldwin. We finalized her several days ago. And we lift up the family of brother Daryl Jones, the brother of disciples Patrick Jones and Patricia Wilkes. We want to keep them lifted up in prayer as far as bereavement notices are concerned. And I'm going to ask that if you wouldn't mind, I uh, have a couple of my colleagues who have experienced loss. Dr. Anthony Chandler, the pastor of the Cedar uh, Street uh, Baptist Church of uh, Christ in uh, Richmond, Virginia, lost his wife 
Talisha Chandler, and they will be funeralizing her on tomorrow, on today rather, uh, and tomorrow. And so um, Talisha came through here right before COVID, blessed us with singing as well as with a book on how she was dealing with cancer. Um, but she now has the ultimate victory. We cover her in our prayers, as well as one of my colleagues from St. Louis, Bishop Zachariah Davis, whose daughter was unfortunately um, hit by a straight bullet as she was going to get something to eat in uh, St. Louis, 25 years old, and um, uh, was killed in crossfire. And so we want to cover him. We also want to lift up Sharon Jacobs, Beverly Powell, Deacon Tina Ross, um, Reverend Dr. Paul Drummond, Lady Thomasina Drummond. We want to continue to lift them up in prayer. Amen. I want to do one more thing before we, we move forward. Do I have any college students in the house right now? Any college students? Any college students? Can you all do me a favor? Come forward. I want to lift you all in prayer as well because I know you all are getting ready to go back. And so if I have any college students, if you would come forward at this time, uh, I want to cover you in prayer. Amen. 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 God bless you. We're so godly proud of you. We have uh, first timers as well as returning students. And let's give God praise for them. Amen. I'm going to do the prayer this morning. Um, uh, and I'm going to do the prayer next week for our for our children and teachers. Um, but we could, let's bow our heads in prayer and um, knowing that God can and will hear our prayers. God, we come to you right now. Oh, God, with heavy hearts. It seems like every time we turn the corner, it's always something crazy, something that is mind-boggling. And yet, God, we know that you're the God that knows all things. Nothing is a surprise to you. So, Lord, we come to you right now because we realize that we have persons in this congregation who are going through a lot. Uh, sickness and concerns and death, grief and bereavement. Uh, going through a lot right now. We pray, oh God, that your spirit will give them the comfort that is so desperately warranted. Uh, we continue to, oh God, bring before you the names of persons who are on our sick and shut-in list. Uh, we pray right now, oh God, that wherever they are, you will touch them at this moment in a very powerful way. Certainly glad to see Reverend Kelly Baptist back with us as she had been in Baltimore with her dad who was undergoing significant shifts as far as his health is concerned. We thank you, oh God, that you are in the process of bringing him back to a sense of wellness. For our two sisters that are getting ready to venture off into college, God, we pray that you will keep them as well as our other college students. Touch them right now, oh God. I pray that you will give them clarity of thought. I pray you will give them uh, inspiration to do the work that is assigned their hands, head, and heart. I pray, oh God, that you will uh, let them know that uh, if they do what they can do, you'll fill in the gaps. Let them know, oh God, that as they get ready to venture off into uh, college, uh, that there is so much craziness out there. 
God, if you will, keep them from hurt, harm, and danger. We cover them right now in the name of your son, Jesus. And Lord, as we prepare to close out this prayer, uh, we don't take for granted, oh God, that we come before you with a sense of grand righteousness. All of us have sinned and fallen short. So God, forgive us of our sins and help us to be a little bit better today than we were on yesterday. And so, Lord, as we close this prayer and we seal it with an amen, we thank you because we know you do all things well. It is in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. And in his name, we claim it done. Let everyone who truly believe say amen. If you're trusting God for that, can you give God the praise that's so richly and rightfully deserved unto him? Amen. You may return to your seats. We're going to continue to pray for you. My brothers and sisters, as others are coming in, it is offering time. Amen. It is offering time. It is offering time. And uh, I'm going to ask that before we um, share the offering, um, there's a video. Some of you all saw it last week. Uh, dealing with the Charlotte Rescue Mission. I want you to check out this video and I want you to understand why we're doing what we're doing so we can have an impact uh, as far as this city is concerned on being a blessing to others who are a lot less fortunate than we are. Well, it is offering time. And before we get ready to raise the offering as far as our work and witness and worship here in St. Paul, uh, I've asked you to help us to raise $50,000 as far as the Charlotte Rescue Mission is concerned. They are building a new facility. We're considered to be one of their partners as far as that's concerned. And we have raised, as of July 31st, $13,838. I want you to check out this video, Miracle on Cedar Street, and see why we're doing what we're doing as far as a sense of home mission is concerned. And please, when the offering comes... Give from the bottom of your heart, liberally and generously, to help us make this a working reality for Charlotte Rescue Mission. When you walk into the Charlotte Rescue Mission Rebound Men's Program, it's a 92-year-old building. It screams 92 years old. And it contradicts the message of the ministry. We say that God loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. We're housing men, we're putting them through counseling programs in a building that's less than that, and it contradicts everything that we're saying. The heartbeat of Charlotte Rescue Mission is transformation. One word, that's it. We focus on individuals struggling with addiction and uniquely work from the inside out to address the root cause. And we accomplish that by providing professional, free, Christian residential recovery services for a population that could never afford it on the open market, but it's made possible through the generosity of our donors. I um, found myself homeless and living on the streets of Charlotte, North Carolina. My alcoholism taking me to the bottom. I was just wanting to keep drinking and I, I would have ended up just drinking myself to death. That's the path I was on. When I first came here, I just really wanted to get off the streets so the beds were soft, um, they had hot showers, the food was good. But as I stayed here, I learned that this is a really uh, loving, caring, and kind place to be, and they really helped me get back on my feet. This is one of the best decisions I've ever made. We believe in working from a holistic approach, and it's from the inside out. You have to change mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. 
It's not just about stopping the drugs and alcohol. Last year, fiscal year 20, we had a 54% completion rate. 84% of the guys who completed the program were still clean and sober. They were still employed and they had stable housing. And they were living in a healthy community. And that's way above the national average. When I graduated the program, my counselor said I should stay in this environment because I relapsed a lot. So she suggested I go back to school. And now I'm on a path of, of finishing my education. I'm in nursing program at CPCC, and I have a 4.0 GPA for almost five semesters now. And I'd like to transfer into a four-year university. This is, this is old, totally beyond my comprehension because when I came here, I just was looking for a place to sleep and I wanted to stop drinking. But God has been good to me. This building doesn't show the, the guys the dignity and the respect that they deserve. It limits us in, in many ways. We don't have an elevator in this building, so we can't serve people with handicaps because they're having to go up and down stairs. Our kitchen is in the basement, and every time we have hard rain, the kitchen floods. We have guys who live in, in the downstairs dorm, which is also in the basement. We have limited office space. We don't even have a place here where guys can go and have quiet time. And I know they spend a lot of money just trying to keep it going because there's always people here working on something and then a couple months later it'll break down again. So I know they spend a lot of money just trying to keep it livable. It's time for a new building. The physical facilities are basically antiquated, out of date, but we have been, as an organization, ingenious enough to try to make it work. But there are things that cause us to say, well, if we thought really much of the folks that we are trying to serve, we'd put them in a more dignified environment. We shouldn't have uh, facilities that are not accessible to those who can't climb a couple of flights of stairs. By building a new building, it sends a message that we care about the people we get, even from the first day they walk in. When these men enter the doors here at the Charlotte Rescue Mission, they're seeking hope. But we also know how broken they are physically, perhaps emotionally, psychologically. To go for that transformation process, you gotta just have the basic essentials. But can't we do a little better than just the basic needs of food, water, and shelter? which is what this 100-year-old building currently serves. If we can give them the basic needs and the comfort in a home, we can give them the sense of pride earlier in this process that I think can help accelerate that transformation. The capital campaign to build this new dormitory and other facilities and restore some of what is existing on the campus now says a lot about how we feel about the people who come in who traverse through here and leave here. And we want them to look back with pride to say, here is a place we came that made a difference in our lives. And the fact that we will be able to see more folks come will in fact be a real asset for this community. And so I want them to be able to walk into a building, not because we want something that's bright and shiny and new. That's not what this is all about. This is about two words. It's about dignity and respect. And if we can put all of that into somebody's heart, imagine what's going to happen to their life. 
Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. As of last week, uh, August the 7th, we've raised $16,473.39. Let's give God praise for that. Let me just share before we get ready to receive the Lord's offering. This is home mission. We do a lot for countries, you know, in the Caribbean and in Africa, but this is home mission. And we know a person, you may have had some family members who have gone through the Charlotte Rescue Mission. They've already raised over $20 million. They need $5 million to make this a working reality. We're giving toward the $5 million. The $50,000 that we're giving makes us a partner with Charlotte Rescue Mission. They already have our emblem as part of their campaign. I don't want us to be embarrassed by making this fall short. I believe that we can make this a working reality and we only need to raise about $35,000 more. I've committed to giving $1,000. I think I've just about given that. But those that can join us, please do. We want to be a blessing to others outside of this space because that's what kingdom building is all about. And so I need you to help us to make this a working reality. And we want to try to raise $50,000 by the end of September. I want to be able to cut a check, us to cut a check from the St. Paul Church to Charlotte Rescue Mission for that. So help us to make that a working reality. Give generously from the bottom of your heart. And as we prepare to give, there are three ways you can do that here. First of all, you can give as far as um, mailing a check, a money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, 28205. Or you can drop off check, cash, or money order here at the church. Call the church office to make sure someone is to, here to receive your offering at 704-334-5309. You can also give online. You can also give through ACS or Church Life, and you can give through the app called Givelify. Uh, for those that have a physical offering in the place right now, you can give as far as their physical offering is concerned by placing it in the offering basket on the row in front of you. Um, so however you're going to give, if you would take your offering this morning, lift it toward heaven, and let's uh, bow our heads in a word of prayer and thanksgiving for the opportunity to partner with God. God, we come right now and we say thank you. Thank you, God, for this wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as giving is concerned. And we pray that you will bless these gifts of ours. Uh, allow for it, oh God, to make a difference as far as the work of the kingdom is concerned. So that ultimately your word, witness, and work will go forth through the tribe known as St. Paul. Lord, bless those that are tithing and giving offering. Bless those that are giving something. And then, God, for those who feel like they don't have to give anything, would you continue to convict them until they come to the place of giving? It is in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray and we claim it done. Amen. Amen. If you would, go ahead and give at this particular time as we prepare for the preaching of the gospel.
serve a God who really does not need our permission to reign. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm so glad my God is not on a ballot box for our vote. He simply is who he is. And he's the reigning sovereign God of the cosmos. Thank you to our incredible music ensemble for blessing us uh, with that reminder that the God we serve reigns. Over the next um, several times that the Lord will allow for me to uh, preach, I want to do a series of sermons from Galatians chapter 3. And if you have been um, joining us in TNT uh, prior to... uh, Prior to the summer, I taught throughout the book of Galatians. And it's a um, book that Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia uh, to help them to understand what life in Christ is all about. And I want to focus on chapter 3, which is the turning point, the pivotal chapter of that particular letter. The series I want to do over the next several times the Lord allows for me to stand deals with from dead religion to a living faith. And today I want to focus on Galatians chapter 3 verses 1 through 9. And you will find these words penned in the New King James Version of Scripture. It reads, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you not receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. And let me, if I could, throw in their daughters too. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, in you all nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. I want to preach for the time that is mine as far as part one of this series. I want to talk about faith forward. Faith forward. Uh, Faith forward. 
the Apostle Paul started churches in a place called Galatia that was located in the province known as Asia Minor. It was one of those stops Paul made on his missionary journeys. Galatia was filled with Gentiles who worshipped idol gods. Paul showed up and preached Jesus Christ, him crucified and resurrected. And many Gentiles became converted because they placed their confidence for salvation in the redeeming, liberating, and transforming work of Jesus Christ. Paul, through preaching and teaching and leading, gave the disciples at Galatia the foundation and tools they needed to live a meaningful existence through the power of the Holy Ghost. Paul passed on to them sound doctrine as it was given to him by the apostles of the early church. This doctrine was not only for them theologically, but so that they can also live by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Preaching and teaching are key components to making disciples. Preaching produces inspiration and motivation. Teaching provides information and illumination. And therefore, even when I stand up before you on Sunday mornings, I try to do both preaching and teaching because as Dr. John Kenny, the former dean at the Sam DeWitt Proctor School of Theology used to say, folks who are learning, who got learning ought to be shouting and folks who are shouting ought to get some learning. Preaching and teaching together yields transformation and liberation. Right preaching and solid teaching can bring about change, freedom, understanding, and hope for followers of Jesus Christ. And so Paul is serious about what he wanted to drop on those disciples in Galatia. The focus, though, has to be not on the people, but on Jesus Christ. In chapter 1, Paul mentions that there is only one gospel. In Galatians 1 and 8, he says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preached another gospel to you, then what we are preaching, let him be a curse. Paul wasn't playing because he took the gospel of Jesus Christ seriously. And I'm not playing with you all today. I take the gospel of Jesus Christ seriously. Why? Because lives are changed by the gospel. Communities are transformed by the gospel. Eternity hangs in the balance through the gospel. As a matter of fact, you and I are saved through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel is good news. As a matter of fact, it's the greatest news concerning the crucifixion, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is knowing that Jesus died for our sins. He was placed in a borrowed tomb on a Friday, stayed there all night Friday, all day Saturday, all night Saturday night. And as that Baptist preacher would say, early Sunday morning, uh, he got up with all power in his hand. And it was on the first day of the week that he got up. And that's why we as Christians have worship 
on Sunday and not Saturday. It is our faith in Jesus that we gain salvation. This is what Paul taught the Christians at Galatia. However, some interesting people had joined churches in Galatia. And these new members all of a sudden became entrenched and involved and engaged. And they were so charismatic uh, until they were placed in positions of leadership and teaching. But the only problem was that they really did not know who Jesus was. Because they did not know who Jesus was, they started confusing the Christians at Galatia. And because they were confusing the Christians at Galatia, it created issues and disturbance for the Christians at Galatia. This, this group of people were called Judaizers. They, they're kind of similar to uh, some of the stuff we see in today's culture with uh, the black Hebrew Israelites who tell you that you ain't really saved unless you're keeping the law. Uh, they taught that faith in Jesus alone wasn't enough to save anybody. And they were teaching that the men had to undergo circumcision and focus his life upon the law in order to become acceptable to God. It sounds like groups in today's culture. And so Paul got word of this and he was just absolutely livid. Paul couldn't believe the same people he taught. The same people he had in TNT. The same people he had on Sunday morning live. The same people he had on Sunday morning allow for somebody else to come in and give them some extra requirements to be saved. For the Judaizers, Jesus was not enough. So Paul sends this strongly worded letter to remind the Galatians what he has shared with them and not to be hoodwinked by someone who was telling them that they had to get something done to their bodies, particularly the men, to show they had salvation. The unfortunate truth is we're doing the same thing in today's culture in 2022. There are those who think we have to do some works in order to get saved. And the enemy has many of us thinking that our salvation and relationship with God is based upon our performance. In other words, you all got to get on the treadmill and run like a hamster real fast in place in order to please God. But I'm here to let you know, and I know I'm going to mess up somebody, that our works, our worship, and our words do not, cannot, and will not save us. It's getting ready to get real quiet in here. I'm here to let you know, for those that are watching me online, as well as those in the house, coming to church will not save us. Reading the Bible will not save us. Praying will not save us. Serving in a ministry will not save us. Going on the mission field will not save us. Getting baptized will not save us. Paying tithes will not save us. Giving an offering will not save us. Shouting will not save us. Dancing will not save us. Praising will not save us. Worship will not save us. Singing will not save us. Only when we place our trust and confidence in Jesus shall we be saved. 
Now, I'm slow walking this because I'm trying to give some good teaching here. Because James wrote, faith without works is dead. James wants us to understand that if one has faith, there ought to be some works. However, you and I don't work to earn God's favor, to earn our salvation, and to be in relationship with God. We work because we are saved by the grace of God. We work because we place our faith and confidence in that brown Palestinian Jew from Nazareth. We work because we know that God has picked us up from the guttermost to the uttermost. Our worship is an indicator of our salvation. Our worship is an indication of our relationship with God. Our words should signify we got God on our side. Our witness should demonstrate to a dying world that we know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of our sin. And so whatever we do, we ought to do it by faith. As a matter of fact, I got to live by faith. I got to talk by faith. I got to walk by faith. I got to preach by faith. I got to pray by faith. I got to serve by faith. I got to give by faith. I got to love by faith. I got to praise by faith. I got to shout by faith. I got to worship by faith. I got to witness by faith. I got to evangelize by faith. I got to do mission by faith. Whatever I do, I got to do it by faith. By faith. My, my, my good friend and brother, Dr. William Curtis, in his book, Faith, Learning to Live Without Fear, he said, faith is illogical to the scientific mind. He says that faith is the substance in which miracles are made of. He says that faith is the evidence that God will do everything God said God's going to do. That faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And since you and I need faith to trust God and to please God, then you and I must understand it's not what we do, but it's who we believe. Just like Paul was upset with how these false teachings of the Judaizers had infiltrated the church and were messing up the Christians in Galatia, there are false teachings taking place in our churches today. Messing up a whole lot of church folks. So Paul's letter is applicable to us in 2022 because he wants us to understand how important, how imperative our faith is, not only to salvation, but to our liberation in our life so that we can be everything that God wants us to be. So, so how can we live faith moving forward from this day and time? I want to let you know that first of all, if you're going to live faith forward, you got to have correct doctrine being taught and applied. Yeah. I figured as much. Correct doctrine being taught and applied. Now, 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 you know why I only got a smattering of claps? Because I'm not telling you how to get a new house, how to get some money, how to get new honey, how to get a boo or a babe. I'm trying to teach you something so that you get something in your head as well as your heart so that when you leave this place, you know what you believe and why you believe what you believe. Paul is going off about the Galatians and how they allowed the Judaizers to undermine the teachings he shared with them. If you look at verses 1 and 2, Paul is highly upset because they let these 
Judaizers coming to the church and overturn everything he taught them. Paul got his teachings, his doctrine, his understanding of Jesus from the original 12 apostles and he passed down to them what had been passed down to him. So Paul basically says, who put a hex on you? That you should disregard what I've taught you because I showed you how Jesus was crucified. Did you get the Holy Spirit by doing some works or did you get the Holy Ghost by hearing by faith? Now, 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 now you got to know what's going on in Galatia and, 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 and you got to really appreciate what Paul is trying to do because they were in the process of practicing what I call syncretism or syncretized religion. Whereby you had pagan religion hooking up with the priesthood and the temples. It was syncretizing ignorance and superstition in order to follow Jesus. On the other hand, the Greeks and the Romans felt that they were more intelligent than the Jews. So they could not accept salvation in Jesus to be so simple and so easy. They wanted more. And Galatia got duped. And Paul called them foolish. Not foolish in the sense of being mentally deficient. But foolish in the sense that they weren't using their intelligence to know the truth that Paul had dropped on them. And this is why, beloved, I am so particular about two things. Number one, who I let stand behind this pulpit. And number two, who I allow to teach you. Now, I can't help what you go watch on Facebook and YouTube and live stream and all that stuff. I ain't got nothing to do with what you're going to do when you leave this place and go check out your internet preacher. But in this house, you're going to get the uncompromised, unadulterated word of God. was saying, you all are lacking the power of understanding because there's a moral defect in you. So when a disciple of Jesus follows false teaching, it is because there's a sin in his or her life that like the teaching that they're following. <laughs> false teaching produces false living whereby people get hurt. And, 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 and let us admit that, that we've had some false teachers before and we got some false teachers right now. The slave owners were false teachers because they thought God ordained them to enslave our African ancestors. The segregationists had false teaching because they taught that God wanted the racists separated. Some Christians today have false teaching. When they think that God is going to shower them with money, if they say some strange incantation like money coming down to me. 
Some whites have false teaching because they operate from a position of privilege, thinking they better than everybody else. Some men have false teaching because they think a woman shouldn't do anything in the church except sweep around the church, prepare the communion table, and watch the babies and the children. Some women got false teaching because they believe they're less than a man. Some children got false teaching because they don't think they have anything to offer the church. Some disciples got false teaching because you think that God is your Santa Claus that's going to help you to hit the mega million or the Powerball or be your cosmic bellhop all rolled up into one. And I'm here to let you know right now, you and I need to understand this is not the way that God wants us to live. The real authenticity of the gospel of Jesus Christ ain't connected to things. It ain't connected to works. It ain't connected to your words. It is connected to the person known as Jesus Christ who is the son of the living God who came to do for you what you could not do for yourself. This is where our brothers and sisters who practice Islam beat us. They outpace us. You want to know why? You can't walk up to a Muslim and talk them out of their faith. You can't. Now, you may think they are as wrong as two left feet, but you can't go up to them and talk them out of their faith. They know what they believe and they know why they believe what they believe, but for a whole lot of us, all you got to do is say something that sounds cute. Can I tell you what it is that get a whole lot of us? I don't know why you're going down there to the St. Paul church because you know Christianity ain't nothing but the white man's religion. And some of us, as soon as we hear ignorance like that, we jump off the train and go and follow somebody else. If you really listen to what I'm trying to teach you, you will know by now from what I've taught you and from what Dr. Moss has taught you and from what Dr. Drummond has taught you, you know good and well Christianity ain't white folks' religion. You know it started in Africa. See, see, see in the church, in the church, especially the black church, uh, you come along and say anything that sounds good and we fall for the okie doke. Here's what Paul was not questioning. Paul was not questioning their salvation. He knew they were saved because they had the experience of the Holy Spirit. However, they were saved because they heard the word of God. I'm going somewhere with this. May I submit to you, brothers and sisters, that's how you get saved. You hear the word. Somebody getting ready to get mad at me. You, you, you hear the word. You, you don't get saved by coming to church. Because some churches ain't got no word. You, you don't get saved by singing. Singing is emotive, but it ain't the word. You get saved by the preaching and teaching of the gospel. You hear the word, you're taught the word, you got information from the word, but here's where a lot of us miss the boat. Do you live the word? Do you apply the word? 
inspiration and information without application will not benefit you. You got to know what you believe. You got to know why you believe what you believe. You must know how to live what you believe because right beliefs ought to translate into right behavior because you will not do something that you don't believe in. Yeah, it's getting quiet. I know I'm on good street right now. It's, it's getting quiet. I, I, I know I'm preaching good because I ain't getting too many amens. This is why some of us don't do a lot of the things that we should be doing because we really don't believe it. Uh-huh. That's why some of you all don't give tithes and offerings because you don't believe it. That, that's, that's, that's why some of you all don't treat your neighbor with love and compassion because you don't believe it. That, that's why some folks don't fellowship with the saints consistently and worship and work because you don't believe it. But when you believe something, it changes your behavior. And, and, and I want to submit that any man, woman, boy, or girl that is in Christ ought to be a new creature. All things ought to pass away. Behold, all things ought to become new. And this is what I'm trying to let you know, that you may not be what you should be, but you ought to give God praise that you ain't what you used to be. So you got to have right doctrine, right teaching, and you got to live that out. But then, you got to allow the Holy Spirit to work on you. That's in verses 3 through 6. Paul gets to chapter 3. This is the first time that he mentions the Holy Spirit. The movement of the Holy Spirit in the heart of the Galatian disciples took place when they put their trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And in verses 3 through 6, Paul raises the question about them being so foolish to believe these unsound Hebrew Israelites, I mean Judaizers. When you aren't grounded in the word, when you aren't sure about what you believe, when you are unstable theologically, when you don't know your Bible, you will fall for anything. Paul is saying, are you all that stupid that you will start walking with God, that you will start your walk with God by the spirit and now you want to switch up and depend upon your flesh? Let me dig deeper. You and I cannot become mature in the flesh or through the flesh or by the flesh. The flesh is the unsaved person who is controlled by corrupted desires and natures and defined by your accomplishments and positions and capabilities and worldly philosophies. In other words, when you're walking in the flesh, you're more concerned about what you wear, what you drive, where you live, how you flow. Paul knew he could not depend upon the flesh and the flesh is always competing against the spirit because the flesh knows that it ain't good enough to get you to where God wants you to be. Paul says, for I know that in me that is my flesh nothing good dwells for to will is to be present with me but how to perform what is good I do not find for the good I want to do I don't do but the evil I don't want to do I wind up doing oh 
more wretched man than I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Let me put the kickstand down. Let me hit you where I need to get you so I can get you where I need you to be so that you can be all that God will have for you to be. What you wear, what you drive, what you've accomplished, how much education you have, what church you go to, what neighborhood you live in, who you're married to, who you're sleeping with, who you ain't sleeping with, how you live, why you flow, that has nothing to do with your relationship with God because that does not make you right with God. You are living by your flesh. If you think it's your education or your money or your finances or who you roll with or who you're flowing with, if you think that stuff make you, you are on your way to a miserable life. But when you know it ain't nobody but God that is able to keep you when you too dumb and crazy to keep yourself, you will then become what God will have for you to be. You and I, you and I cannot find perfection in the flesh. Now, 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 let me, if I could, let y'all know that the concept of perfection in the biblical text or biblical understanding does not mean you will never make a mistake. But the concept of perfection is maturity. Preach Robert Charles Scott. It is living a balanced life. It is growing spiritually. That's why Jesus said, be perfect as I am perfect. No matter how disciplined you are, no matter how focused you are, no matter how strong you are, can we be honest? Every now and then, flesh will mess us up. And your flesh ain't going to help you to get to the place where God will have for you to be. Now, y'all want to look at me all suspect and all crazy like I don't know what I'm talking about. I do know what I'm talking about because I believe I got seven of you all. I will make eight that will admit there are times when you're doing everything the Lord wants you to do and the wrong person comes up to you at the wrong time on the wrong day and say the wrong thing and if you are not connected to God or if you did not do your devotional that morning you will want to speak in tongues and I'm not talking about the heavenly English leader. I'm talking about somebody that knows that you got some folks the enemy knows what triggers to push what buttons to push to get you out of short and to get you unbalanced but is there anybody that ain't afraid to testify yep pastor that's me I've messed up I've fallen short haven't done everything that the Lord wanted me to do haven't dotted every I haven't crossed every T I've messed up I've fallen short said some words I shouldn't have said did some things I shouldn't have done gone some places I should not have gone but I'm so glad he still looks beyond my fault and he sees my needs. Can, can, can I give somebody a little, can I give somebody a shout cue right now? This is why you got to be born again. Because that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Marvel not that I said to you, you must be, got to be, have to be born. Paul, Paul, Paul. Paul, <laughs> Paul, Paul says that God supplies the spirit and that God works miracles among us through our faith. Uh-huh. In other words, and I'm getting ready. 
hopefully to shed some clarity on something. You and I get the Holy Ghost the moment we say yes to God through Jesus Christ for real. In other words, when I'm serious about my relationship with God through Jesus Christ, bam, I got the Holy Ghost. Which means I ain't got to go nowhere and tarry for 36 hours to get the Holy Ghost. I ain't got to speak in tongues to get the Holy Ghost. I ain't got to pay no money to get the Holy Ghost. When When I'm serious about God through Jesus Christ, I have the Holy Spirit. The Judaizers were getting ready to cause the Galatians to move from the position of grace to the legalism of the law. Those Judaizers were about to have men, check this out, men, grown men, young men, and old men to go and get circumcised. I don't know about y'all, but... I would I would have told them you could keep your Jesus if I got to go through that. Paul, Paul was trying to stop the madness. Paul was trying to stop me. This is what I want you to know, son. I want you to know this. I want you to know this. I ain't preaching y'all in two weeks, so I'm giving it to you what I got. God does not need us to add anything to the salvation Jesus gave us. Please be careful of these postmodern day peddlers, these Judaizers of today's world who will give you a syncretized gospel filled with new age spirituality that has nothing to do with Jesus. Jesus does not need anything added to him to save you. I'm getting ready to come after a whole bunch of us in the church right now. I've discovered, Reverend Kelly Baptist, that Jesus... Plus, nothing equals everything. Y'all don't even know when to shout. Let me say that again. I said, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That ought to be your human equation. Jesus plus zero equals everything, which means if you got Jesus, you got everything you need, and he will send you to the places where he wants you to be. Here's what I'm trying to let you all know. That's why you got to know this gospel, because when you understand that Jesus plus nothing equals everything, then you have gone as deep as God will have for you to go. Jesus does not need new age spiritual added to him. Jesus does not need you to add your horoscope to him. Jesus does not need you to add tarot cards to him. Jesus does not need you to add psychic readings to him. Jesus does not need you to add crystals to him. Jesus does not need you to add burning sage to him. Jesus does not need you to add burning incense to him. Jesus does not need Iyana Van Zant added to him. He doesn't need Oprah Winfrey added to him. He does not need Dr. Phil added to him. He certainly don't need Robert Charles Scott added to him. Uh, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And I'm trying to help somebody know that if you got Jesus, you got everything that God wants to give you. He ain't going to do it no better than Jesus. Y'all can do whatever you want to. I'm sticking with Jesus. You, you, listen, listen, listen. You can do whatever you want to. I'm rolling with Jesus until the day I die. 
you will never ever get me to turn my back on who Jesus is and what he's done for me. Why? Because I know he's brought me too far. He's been too good. He lifted me from the guttermost to the uttermost. You can keep your car, your cash, your clothes and whatever else. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. And can I tell you why I want you to give me Jesus? Because he justifies me. And, And that's my last point. Because if you're going to live faith forward, you got to bask in the joy of being justified by your faith. I know this, this is a very doctrinal sermon. But I declare one day we're going to learn how to shout on good teaching. I, I know this is deep and doctrinal, but, but I declare I got a few folks around here that, that, that's going to learn how to give God praise on the doctrines of the church. When, when, you, when you look at verses 7 through 9, you will see how Abraham was justified or made right with God, not by his works, but by his faith. Notice how Paul back then linked the past of the patriarch to his particular present and declared just as Abraham was saved by faith, they going to be saved by faith. Now, watch this. What I want to do now, homiletically, is link Abraham and Paul from the past to our present reality right now and to let somebody else know you're going to be saved not by what you do, but in whom you believe. You and I are made good with God, made right with God based upon our faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, He was letting them know, brothers, you ain't got to go get circumcised in order to be right with God. All you just got to do is place your faith and confidence in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, can I do just two minutes of teaching and then I'll bid you all to do. Because to be justified means that you and I are made right with God. You and I are made right with God when we place our faith, our hope, and our confidence in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So the doctrine of justification means that God says, you good with me, even though the evidence says we're ratchet. God says, you're good with me, even though God knows we as guilty as sin. All right, all right, all right, all right. One, two, three, four, I'm five, six. God says, you're good with me, even though you deserve punishment and banishment to hell. Uh, Somebody go get this. You and I, we are as guilty as sin, but when we hook up with Jesus Christ, God takes the righteousness of Jesus Christ and he credits it to our account so that you and I could be in right standing with God. Well, I declare, I declare one of these days, y'all going to learn how to shout on doctrine. Justification does not believe there's no penalty for sin. Because the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Uh, uh, but, boy, somebody, can somebody shout on a conjunction, but, but the gift of God is eternal life. You and I. 
in our fallen, stanky condition. Yeah, I said stanky. You and I, in our messed up, pitiful state, could not have paid the price for our sins because God is too righteous. God is too holy. God is too perfect. God is too sovereign. God is too pure. God is too majestic. You and I, we lack the credentials and capability to come before God. We never could meet the standard. But, but because you are crazy enough to believe in a brown skinned brother that died on a cross for your sins and mine's that God allowed for what Jesus did to now be assigned to your account so that when God looks at you, he looks at you not through your own raggedness and ratchetness, but he looks at you through the righteousness and the blood of Jesus. I feel like preaching up in here. See, 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 the reason reason there ain't more of us shouting is because a whole lot of us think we good. You you think you you good, but but I I know that when God looks at our rap sheet, God has to shake his head in sadness. Uh, when God looks at our rap sheet, uh, the angels they 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 shake their head and say, "Lord, you gonna let them in?" But I'm glad. That when God looks at you, and when God looks at me, then he looks at Jesus. He looks at you. He looks at me. Then he looks at Jesus, and he says, you know what? Because you are crazy enough to believe that I sent my son to die on the cross. Because you are crazy enough to believe uh, that he got up from the dead early one Sunday morning. Because you are crazy enough to believe that he sent the Holy Ghost. Uh, I'm going to declare you good, even though you don't deserve it. Preach, Robert Charles Scott. See? 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 This, this is, this is, this is, this, give me some more volume in my monitor. This is where, this is where we mess up. I'm getting ready to sit down because I've, I've bored you long enough. But, 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 whole lot of us, whole lot of us in here don't realize that we were in court this morning. Don't look at me like that. Yeah, you were in court this morning. But, but Reverend, I'm at St. Paul Baptist Church at 41 Allen Street. No, but your soul was in court this morning. You, you, you were standing in the court of eternity. And you were declared guilty. God the Father was the sitting judge. Satan was our prosecuting attorney. And he had all the evidence of all our wrongdoings since we've been saved. Uh-oh. As a matter of fact, the prosecuting attorney, what he did was he went to your Facebook page. He went to your social media and he pulled up all that ignorant stuff that you've been doing. He went to somebody's DVD and he pulled out your secrets in your closet and he put them before God who was our judge and he played it in a court of heaven. The evidence is irrefutable. All of us in here have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The evidence is clear. Ain't nobody righteous in here. No, not one. The penalty is certain. The wages of sin 
sin is death. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. Let me close my Bible because closing my Bible has been to finish. But I'm so glad that even though the devil is our prosecuting attorney, I got a defense attorney by the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus goes up to the bench and he looks so much like the father on the bench. I can't tell the difference between the judge and the prosecuting attorney. Uh, the defense attorney says, judge, uh, Satan is right. Judge, they're guilty as charged. Judge, they've done everything that the devil has accused them of. Judge, uh, yes, they deserve whatever sentence you give. But judge, can I remind you of my relationship with you? Uh, that, 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 that since I'm covering them and because of my relationship with you, I want to go ahead and pay the fine for their sin. How can I tell you what the fine was? Uh, the fine was that the wages of sin is death. God, I feel my Mississippi coming out. Uh, but the gift of God is eternal life. Uh, and can I tell you uh, how he paid our sins? Uh, he didn't pay our sins uh, with money in a bank account. He didn't pay our sins uh, with an IRA or his stock account. Uh, he paid our sins by shedding blood on a hill called Calvary. And I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I'm glad uh, that Jesus did for me what I could not do for myself. Uh, good morning, St. Paul. May the Lord bless you real good, but what can wash away my sins? Uh, nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus do I have anybody in the house they ain't afraid to give God praise because of the blood that is covering you and when you know that you know you're covered you don't have no problem giving God praise and I need a few folks in the church right now that know that God has saved you from the guttermost to the uttermost so regardless of what the devil will try to do, you need to give God praise because the trial is rigged in your favor. Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father interceding on our behalf. So is there anybody here know that God has justified you? And if you know you're justified, you ought to give God praise. Messed up justified falling short justified disappointed God justified kids out of wedlock justified messed up in your marriage justified got an addiction justified had a relapse justified having daughter every eye justified haven't been faithful justified haven't been so compassionate justified haven't done all the good justified but when you know that God has justified you you can't help but to give God praise so I need all the justified folks in the house right now that ain't too ashamed or too afraid 
to give God praise. Lift up your hands and glorify him. I'll see y'all later. May the Lord bless you real good. But the songwriter said, my faith looks up to thee, thy lamb of Calvary. Savior divine is he your Savior is he your Lord is he your God is he your Redeemer is he your Liberator say yes say yes I need somebody that ain't too afraid to give God praise do it by faith walk by faith talk by faith love by faith live by faith give by faith heal by faith shout by faith praise by faith worship by faith is he worthy 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 say yeah say yeah say yeah I'm done uh, faith forward you can't do this thing in your own strength. But if you are crazy enough to believe that Jesus came down through 42 generations, born of a black woman named Mary, went around, healed the sick, gave sight to the blind. Enable the lame to walk, the mute to talk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, raise the dead. They crucified him on a Friday afternoon and early Sunday morning. God got him up. If you're crazy enough to believe that, guess what? God says, you're good with me. Can, 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 I, do a, can I do a church check? I know, I know this ain't going to sound too good, but the question I'm getting ready to ask... I know, I know it ain't going to sound too positive, but do I have any other crazy folks in the house that really believe, that really believe that? that, that listen, it doesn't make sense, not to the world, and even to some folks that come to church, it doesn't make sense, but, but I want to let you know that's the only way you and I can do what we need to do as far as what God will have for us to be. I ain't saved because of me. I'm saved because of him. I want to, deacons, deacons, would you get in position? I want to, to offer you an opportunity right now. Y'all can take a seat. Deacons get in position. I want to offer you an opportunity right now to get to know Jesus by confessing your faith in Jesus Christ. I want to lead you in a prayer and it's a prayer of confession. It's a prayer of faith. And we all going to pray it together. Because for many of us, it's a reminder of this covenant we have. But, but if you're in the house right now watching us online and, and this prayer captivates you, I want you to make a decision for either Christ or church. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Repeat after me. God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I am crazy enough to believe 
that he died on a cross and you raised him from the dead. I am crazy enough to believe that you will forgive me of all my sins. And I really believe that you want to be in relationship with me. So forgive me. Help me be the person you want me to be. Send your Holy Spirit into my life right now. I surrender to you. And I want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of my life. In his name I pray. By the power of the Holy Spirit. To you my God. Amen. Keep those heads bowed just for a moment. Our deacons are in the aisle. Keep your heads bowed just for a moment. Hear me hear me well. If you're in the house right now, you prayed that prayer. And you want a relationship with the God of the universe. The God that has created everything seen and unseen. If you want a relationship with God by confessing Jesus Christ. You just did the confession. It's now time for acceptance. If that prayer was meant for you, would you hold up your hand? Hold up your hand. Let me see if you're in the house. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Nothing to be ashamed of. If that, if that prayer was meant for you, if that prayer was meant for you, hold up your hand. 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 Amen. If you're watching us on Facebook, on our website, if that prayer was meant for you, I want you to do me this favor. Type in salvation. Type in salvation in the chat when our digital minister is going to reach out with, to you and let you know what the next steps are. Um, if you're watching us as far as on uh, YouTube or on the telephone, amen. God bless you. God bless you. Let's give God praise for one that's calling. If you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the telephone, email us at connect to spbcnc.org. Or call us at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number. Leave your name and your number. Somebody's going to reach out to you by 5 o'clock tomorrow and let you know what the next steps are. Amen. 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 Come on, let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. Here's my second call. Here's my second call. There may be someone here going like, listen, pastor, I'm already saved. I know who Jesus Christ is in the pardon of my sin. But you don't have a church home. You're not connected to a church. COVID has messed things up. Hadn't been going to a church or been physically in a space or virtually in a space for quite some time. Or maybe you've been checking us out virtually and you're here personally or you're watching us virtually and you want to make St. Paul your home. You want to become connected to the tribe known as St. Paul. If that is you right now, if that's you in the house, you don't have a church home, I would love to be your pastor. And these men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. If that's you, would you do me a favor? Just hold up your hand right now. You don't have a church home. You're not connected to a church. You want to join us right now. Would you hold up your hand? Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. You don't have a church home. Hold up your hand. 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 If the Lord is speaking to you right now, I would love for you to come. If you're looking for a church home, you're looking for a place to belong, St. Paul is a wonderful place. God is doing extraordinary works and things in this place. If that's you, would you hold up your hand? Hold up your hand. If you're watching us on Facebook, on our website, do me a favor. Just type in the chat, connect. One of our digital ministers is going to reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are to become a part of this church. If you're watching us on YouTube or you're listening to us on telephone, email us at connect at 
at spbcnc.org or call us at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number and by 5 o'clock tomorrow, somebody's going to reach out to you to let you know what the next steps are. Amen. Amen. Can we give God praise for the one that has come? Oh, we could do a whole lot better than that. The Bible says, heaven rejoice. Over one and over 99 who think they got it right. God bless you. 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 Normally, I would come and shake your hand and give you a hug. But because of COVID, I'm going to do long-range fist bump. All right? Amen. Listen. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to follow these ladies right here. They're going to let you know what the next steps are as far as getting connected to us. And we are certainly delighted. As you go out, we're going to give God a great cheer for you just to celebrate you and what God is getting ready to do in your life. So if you will, come on. Come on, St. Paul. Oh, we could do a whole lot better than that. Come on, come on, come on. Amen. The Bible says heaven rejoices over one than over 99 who think they got it right. As we prepare to leave from this place and this space, we ask that you will lift up our brothers and sisters who are in the process. If they're not already, they're going to Lot Carry uh, for this week of training and instruction and mission and ministry uh, in New Orleans. Amen. All right. We're going to go ahead and stand. God is great and greatly to be praised and as we leave from this place and this space but never from his presence, power, nor protection. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy to the wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forevermore. We're going to sing the doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow.
Amen. Amen. I love you. God loves you even more. Go in peace and have a blessed week.